0: Hello, Welcome to Love, Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host, and this is my podcast. And uh, today, I'm going to be reading all of your emails. Welcome to 2019. This is the first episode of the new year. I've got a million emails uh, that I'm very excited to get into. But before I do, I just want to tell you, um, I have been deathly ill. Last you heard from me was weeks ago. I was on a holiday trip. I was in Paris. I was in London. I was in a place called Nottingham. I was in a place called Harrogate. I was traveling with my boyfriend and uh, meeting his fr- all of his friends and family for the first time. Uh, it was the most magical trip of my entire life. I shit you not. It was incredible. Uh, we had our moments, but uh, it was a fucking magical trip. Um, we were inseparable for about 26 days in tight quarters, small spaces, traveling, taking planes, trains, automobiles on the wrong side of the road, uh, just all over the place. And uh, yeah, I had such a blast. It was, uh, I thought I was good at traveling, but it was so nice to be with uh, with a man who is an expert traveler. Just, uh, just He just made it really special and lovely. I can't gush more about it. But um, yeah, I got sick. But even that, didn't hurt the trip i mean i was coughing i was hacking i was really quite vulnerable and uh oh my god see if i was in los angeles and and uh you know and and as sick as i was i would have stayed home and like not wanted to be seen but when you're traveling you know i just had to let my boyfriend see me as i was and he took wonderfully he took great care of me and anyway but now i'm back I'm back in Los Angeles, ready to flourish. I hope you had a beautiful New Year's Eve and that nobody has any horror stories. Um, mine was very mellow. I had already gotten back from my trip. I had dinner at a place. The dinner was not that great. Sorry, Pache. Putting on blast, the meal was, was lackluster and the champagne was bogus. I felt like it was like the cheapest Trader Joe's bottle of champagne ever. And we just had a glass of it. It was trash. Anyway... But thank you. One hundred twenty-five dollars a plate. Later, uh, here I am talking shit about the meal, and uh, you deserve it. Anyway, um, I have so many exciting guests lined up for twenty nineteen. I'm already like just way more serious about my podcast than I've ever been last year. I don't know what happened. I was a, I was a flourishing podcaster. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I had Lacey Phillips on the show in twenty eighteen. Lacey Phillips, in case you don't know who I'm talking about, is a manifestation advisor, and uh, she. Yes, yeah, some people roll their eyes at the phrase and the term manifestation advisor. I did too. Lacey would as well. But here's the deal: she's a master at what she does, and she fucking is a manifestation advisor. She is. She's she's very good at what she does. Anyway, she changed my life. I met her. All of a sudden, all these exciting things happen. I started doing her workshops, her online workshops. She came on the podcast twice. We talked about manifesting in life and, uh, you know, just uh, being the person you want to be and being your, be, being your authentic self. Anyway, uh, you know, side note of a side note. Uh, anyway, where am I? That's when I manifested a boyfriend. Uh, I've actually said that to my boyfriend before, and he's been like, uh, you manifested me? I was here all along. And it's true. He was there all along. Anyway. So I guess I got sidetracked from podcasting because, uh, you know, I fell in love and I got lazy and that's no excuse. It's my fault. I'm not proud of that. And then I got a bit moody. I don't know what happened, but now I am back on track it's 2019. This is the first episode of Love Alexi of the year and uh, I'm going full throttle and I'm very excited about it and I hope you are too. And can you hear that I'm still a little bit sick? Oh boy, I don't mind it. It's like when Phoebe gets sick in friends. Did I already say this two weeks ago? Oh, fuck it. Uh, You know, and she doesn't want to get better because she likes the rasp, the rasp, raspiness of her voice. Anyway, um, listen, what else can I tell you? So many things happened. But I have too many of your emails to read and I can't go into every single detail of the minutia of my life. Even if it's exciting, uh... Which not all of it is, but there are a lot of highlights I wanted to share with you. But they'll just come out naturally later on during the episode or in future episodes to come. Don't you worry. Uh, But I need to get to your emails. But I do want to say before I jump into all of your emails, all of the pertinent podcast information that I have to get out there because it's very meaningful to me that you hear it, that the information lands. And uh, you do what I tell you to do. Not in a mean way. I'm not trying to put a gun to your head, but I do have to tell you these things and I would appreciate if you did them. If you like this podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, rate the show, leave a comment, you know, just share, share, share it with all your friends. Tell whoever you uh, cross paths with, uh, you know, like let's say you're at a dinner party. First of all, people don't have enough of those. Dinner parties should be uh, more often than they are. And uh, if you do find yourself at one, mention my podcast. It's great party banter. It's just a great thing to pull out of your pocket and be like, hey, have you heard this podcast? There you go. You're welcome. Anyway, tell people if you want to send an email to the show as uh, for future episodes where I read all your emails, send emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. Also, if you want to advertise on the show, send an email to that very same email address, dearlovealexi at gmail.com for all advertising inquiries. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Target, my home away from home, and Listerine Minstrips, of which I am not using enough. I have a horrible and intense uh, addiction to Listerine Minstrips that has fallen to the wayside. Uh, I don't know if it's because I got uh, sick in in Paris uh, or I got too, um, and I forgot about my addiction because I was too busy coughing and wheezing or if it's because I became more comfortable with myself and just started eating garlic and uh, not worrying about having bad breath. But I'm back in America and I'm remembering who I am again and I'm using my Listerine minstrips like I should be. Um, I used to be very addicted to the spray, Listerine mouth spray, kind of like Banaka but Listerine. But I find Listerine minstrips a lot more low-key. Because when you spray the spray in your mouth, it's super fun. But then people will look over and potentially judge you. And it's like, I don't have time for that. Okay. I'm okay with it, but I don't, I don't need you to look over at me. And I don't even want to know what's going on here in this moment of judgment from you to me. No, thanks. So more, I'm more into the incognito Listerine minstrip. Anyway, so thank you very much, Target and Listerine minstrips. And if you out there listening, want to advertise on the podcast, you know what to do. Send an email to dearlovealexi at gmail.com and we will make something happen. Uh, also I am beyond grateful and excited. Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again, beyond grateful and excited to have been featured in the January issue of Glamour magazine, the final print issue of Glamour magazine. They did, they, they did a write-up on my big sister session sessions. I can't even pronounce them. They did a write-up, uh, about my big sister sessions and, uh, yeah. So let me explain. If you don't know what I'm talking about. I offer a service called Big Sister Sessions via Skype where you click the link in my Instagram bio, at Alexi Wasser, and you can book an appointment. Um, and when you do, a Big Sister Session is a one-on-one hang sesh with me via Skype where I serve as a big sister you never had but always wanted where you can spiral and tell me and share about Anything and everything you're going through, be it uh, you know heartbreak, relationships, sex, dating, a family crisis, uh, career turmoil or confusion, body dysmorphia, uh, self-worth issues, whatever it is you're going through, I'm, I'm just there to serve as your big sister. And uh, I've been through everything. I've made every mistake so you don't have to. I have no judgment. I listen to everything. And uh, it's wonderful because I don't like giving unsolicited advice. But if you uh, sign up for a big sister session, uh, that means you are soliciting my advice. And I have so much to give. So, uh, again, if you want to book a session, click the link in my Instagram bio at Alexi Wasser. And for a limited time only, because of Valentine's Day, the cutoff is Valentine's Day. From now until Valentine's Day i 'm giving big sister sessions to men as well as women it's usually only for girls ladies women that's it but i I give so much so many I have so many guy friends who are always asking me for advice uh, about you know a, a girl that you know they want to get the attention of some girl or they don 't know what to say via a dating app or they 're not sure what photos to use on their dating app or they're just they just don't they're just confused and they need a little direction and I love giving my guy friends advice' because... I mean, all I do is talk about feelings with women, all my girlfriends, and I, I'm i the only person who will say, like, all the things that women are thinking. All my my girlfriends keep it to themselves. Anyway, so I'm here to be the mediator, all right? If a girl's not telling you what's really going on with her, how she's feeling, and she's being kind of avoidant, and you want to, uh, you know, uh, speak her language or understand what's going on or give yourself the best chance you can possibly uh, give yourself, then uh, guys schedule a big sister session with me, but uh, I won't be doing it after February fourteenth. This is all in honor of Valentine's Day because I want to get I want to get couples going. I want to I want people to thrive. I want love to flourish. So I want to help men as much as I can. And uh, at first I was scared. I didn't want to get big sister sessions to men because I thought, ugh, I just want to be relating to women and helping girls and being a big sister to you know, females only, because it's so much cozier and loving, and I feel safe doing that. But uh, I guess my heart expanded, and uh, I'm seeing the good in people, and I'm not afraid to, uh, you know, open up Big Sister Sessions to men for a limited time only. Anyway, um, I also want to say, uh, you know, what do I want to say? If you like the podcast, and uh, I have to tell you, The Love Alexi podcast is a listener-supported show. We are an independent podcast, and by we, I mean me. So if you want to support the show uh, financially, uh, feel free to make a donation via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. Those are always greatly appreciated. Otherwise, I don't know what more I have to tell you guys. I'm reading an incredible book. I'm reading A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, I say Tolle. Some people say Eckhart Tolle. I think they're mispronouncing his name. You tell me. I've given you my email address a million times. You can tell me if I'm pronouncing it wrong via email. Thank you. Always happy to uh, to learn more and know when I'm making a mistake. Um, I don't know if I have any New Year's resolutions other than, well, yeah, I really didn't take the time to think about my New Year's resolutions. Uh, I was too busy getting over my cold and... Uh, having that lackluster dinner at Pache. But I think I want to be, I know, I want to be much better at time management. I'm not drinking in January. I took two weeks off of alcohol before Thanksgiving. I went to New York on Thanksgiving and I was drinking while I was in New York. And that felt so nice not to be drinking. But then December rolled around and I thought, fuck it, I'm going to London, I'm going to Paris. Just, I'm drinking. But now it's January I'm not drinking for January. I'm going to start up again in February when it's my birthday and Valentine's Day. Don't you worry. But I, I don't know. I, I, this, that, these are my, my New Year's resolutions. No drinking in January and being better with my time management. I'd like to wake up. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you feel the same way. But let's all just be in this together. Uh, I want, I would, In a perfect world. Do you hear these scooters? Is this motorcycle just whizzing by? Do you hear that, you guys? No? Anyway, in a perfect world, in the days to come, this January, I would uh, wake up every morning at 6 a.m., bathe, put on a cool outfit, slap on my makeup, meditate. I mean, it's already fucked up. I'm putting my makeup on before I meditate. What's wrong with me? But whatever, just go with me here. Okay. And I would write from like 9am to 5pm this project this personal project that i am determined to finish um but then how do i factor in the time i got to balance the time to do my podcast i got to balance the time to uh to uh write these articles for this for ravishly i write articles for ravishly i've got 2 i've got to prepare Yeah, it's just difficult. The fantasy just went out the window. I'm confused already. Anyway, that's one of my resolutions. Um, And listening to this Eckhart Tolle book is incredible. Uh, It talks about the ego. It talks about... Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm back. Um, Oh, another New Year's resolution for me is... realizing that i don't i don't need to be vigilant in every single situation there's another motorcycle there it goes unbelievable that person must have a tiny tiny dick anyway um yes i re- i'm realizing i i want to remember that i don't have to be vigilant in every situation especially with people who love me and only have good intentions and i would like to get comfortable and start practicing And building this muscle of letting things be good, not fighting for no reason, not feeling the need to be reactive every step of the way. Like I have to protect myself. If somebody looks at me the wrong way or says a thing or, uh, I just don't, I just want to let things be good. That's my main New Year's resolution. And uh, yeah, it's been quite a year. So much happened in 2018 here we are in 2019 who knows what's gonna happen um so listen aside from us being instagram friends and you guys all booking big sister sessions and following subscribing liking commenting or whatever on itunes and making donations via venmo i've said all the stuff i need to tell you that would be helpful for me and my podcast so i can keep Uh, booking all my guests and uh, hopefully entertaining you and making you feel less alone or whatever. But I got to get these emails because I've got so many of them. All right. I don't mean to clear my throat in your ear. You don't need that. You're better than that. But um, I'm still recovering from this cold. All right. Let's get to this first email. Hey, Lexi. So I know you are not a parent, but I appreciate your advice and would love your opinion slash insight. I am 25 years old and just had a baby who is a four-month-old. I have the battle in my head of whether or not to have a second child. If my husband and I do want a second child, we feel that they need to be close in age so I would be getting pregnant again at some point this coming year. My adopted parents both died this past year, my father from leukemia and mother from ovarian cancer, which is another email of its own. The whole experience has left me craving family and wishing I had a sibling to be there through this insanely hard journey. I can't help but think of what type of support I want to have in place for my daughter when her father and I are no longer there. I'm torn. Part of me wants nothing more than to live on mom island, see the love two siblings can share, find joy in the mundane and simple moments that a family of four could bring. I feel guilty not providing a sibling for my baby girl. But the other half of me wants to just stop at one child, work on myself, find a career I love work on my relationship with my husband, travel, have nice things. These reasons also feel very shallow and self-centered. When I'm an old lady, will I regret just having one because of these reasons? Ugh, I'm so confused. I also want to provide my daughter with every opportunity, and I also want to flourish as my own person. Family is so layered and complex. So many different ways things can fall, and I wish I could see ahead of all outcomes. I can't pinpoint my exact questions, so... Do I stick with one child? Do I make the leap to a second? Am I just traumatized from my own experiences and projecting onto my child? Literally any insight would be so appreciated. Love you and the pod so much. Signed, Momo. Oh my goodness. Momo, what a, I mean, my God, what a first email of the podcast. This is very heavy. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for being so vulnerable with me and even trusting me. And wanting to share this story with me and your thoughts and feelings and what you're going through, I mean, God, I really, you know, I can't answer this. I can't answer this, but I do have to say, let's go through it. You're 25 years old. You know, I'm so much older than you. I'm 37 years old. I have not, I've never had a kid. I've, you know, I've never even had an abortion. Uh, and, uh, I want to have kids at some point in my life. You have so much time, but I know what you're grappling with is, uh, you're so lucky you have so much time, by the way. Um, now there's a plane flying over. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Just, uh, I don't know what happens when I try to record this podcast. That like everybody, it's just, I don't know what's going on here. All this all the rigmarole of life just all around us never stops. Um, I get that you're grappling with the fact that you want two children close in age. And that makes sense. And I have friends with kids that are close in age and it looks lovely and my cousins are close in age and I'm an only child and uh even though I I actually never just maybe this will give you a little bit of insight too just one possibility because this is just my story it's just you know uh I never think to myself god I wish I had a brother or sister I have a half brother I don't talk to at all who's much much older than me um and I forget he exists and I uh, we never talk we don't like each other he he doesn't like me I would like him if he liked me but we don't get along. And, uh, so I'm, I'm an only child and I never think to myself, I never think, wow, I wish I had a brother or sister. I just don't. I loved being an only child. I still do. And I have friends and I have a a wonderful relationship with my mom and, uh, yeah. So, the issue is more that if your husband wants another child, that's something you guys have to compromise and talk about and agree upon. And don't do anything you don't want to do. And it's not selfish if you want your own life and you want to flourish as a human being. But you can also do both because that's another thing. I had I, I had to, uh, I talked about this with a lot of my girlfriends. There's this, well, you already have one child. But for my girlfriends and I who don't have kids yet, and and we have some friends who just had a child and just had kids. Um, there's this fear that like when you, you know, before you have a kid, there's this fear that if you have one, your life will be over. And so I'm sure, which is not true. Sometimes your life, I mean, your life gets better not not just because you have the love of this child and all this love to give and you're just, you're going through this incredible experience, but Life, life continues. Your career can, will continue. If you want to you know, discover who you are, it's, it's possible. It doesn't end. Life doesn't stop. You just have to pay attention and, and make sure you, you put your attention on, and, and on what you want to put your attention on. If you want to travel, if you want to write, if you want to start a career, you can definitely do those things. Um, I've seen my friends' careers get even better after they have their first kid. I don't know what it is you know, they're happier or or maybe it's like they want to prove to themselves that that having a kid didn't ruin their life or something. I, I'm just letting you know, like, don't be scared. And you don't have to have kids that are close in age, you know. You can take the time and you can have your second kid years later. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's going on with your body. I don't know how upset or, how, 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 what, you know, what your husband wants. Uh, but, yeah, you did lose your parents, And, uh, and you're going through emotional stuff, but, um, this is a, this is a big one. It's not, this is a big question. It's not for me to answer, but whatever you decide, if you're happy with your decision, you're going to be okay. You have to, you have to ground yourself. You've got to quiet yourself. And, uh, and there really is no wrong answer. You know, you can have kids that are different ages you can have a kid that's 7 years older than the other one or you know what i mean like you have time it's, it's just you know you're building your family there's a lot of love there everything's going to be okay you're a great person take the time to grieve for your parents that you lost and enjoy the child that you have and keep working uh, on the love you have with your husband and uh, make a list of all the things you want to do and all the things you want to accomplish the places you want to travel and uh, and just really like make sure you wanna do whatever it is you end up doing. And don't feel pressured or like you've got to worry about people being mad at you and uh or you've got to make the right decision that's like the right like no no no. If you if you only have one kid, that's totally great and fine. I'm exhibit A. And if you uh and if you have another one in the near future, that's fine. If you want that, doesn't sound like you do, but you know, you, you have to think about it if you want them close in age and if you want to wait five years or three years or two years or 10 years, you can do that too. You're all good. Just breathe and don't stress out. I hope that helps. I hope that helps. Oh my goodness. All right. I'm going to read the second email. All right. Hi, Alexi. First, I just have to say you are my favorite podcaster. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Thank you for always being so real and vulnerable. It helps me so much, and I'm sure countless others as well. Now, on to my question. My friend and I are, are in our late 20s and have each been doing Lacey Phillips Free and Native workshops after listening to your interviews with her. And it has been really cathartic, a very, very cathartic experience for us. Now we wanted to ask you for some advice about one of the more intimidating aspects of the partnership, of the partnership workshop, not having sex with a guy for six weeks after meeting him. Uh, since you succeeded with flying colors, ooh, uh, oh my goodness, uh, we wanted to know how did you manage to hold off for so long? You have mentioned tidbits in different podcast episodes, like recommending going on day coffee and museum dates as opposed to night dates. But I was wondering if you could please provide. Any additional details? Would you recommend being upfront about the fact that there is no sex for six weeks? And if so, when and how do you think that should come up? Is it a good idea to try to explain the free and native background, or is it better to keep it a bit vague to avoid weirding the guy out early on? Also, what do you think are the parameters as far as kissing, blowjobs, and everything other than sex during the first six weeks? Is it best to take these slow as well? And how do you suggest holding a guy off in the heat of the moment when he when he can tell your body is very much ready to go further. And last question, sorry, what did you find were the real benefits of holding off on sex for that long? Apologies about all of the questions, and thank you in advance for any light you can shed on this for two formally easy girls. <laughs> oh my goodness. Love Anonymous. <clears throat> Pardon me, I have to, I'm getting over this cold. I love this question so much, so thank you so much for sending this in. Um, I mean, I have so many things to say about this. I, um, I, I mean, in case my boyfriend is listening or his friends or family, uh, is the, not difficult to answer at all, but it's just, I'm just, uh, aware of, the, of that possibility. Cause it's funny. I'm about to get very detail oriented and I feel like on how I did wait for six weeks and how far I did go during those six weeks and all this stuff anyway, but, um, and I try to be considerate. I'm trying to be more considerate of uh, of sharing stuff about another person. It's one thing if I share stuff about my own life, but uh, when another person is involved. But fuck it, here we go. Okay, so <clears throat> yeah, I'm not saying I was super easy beforehand, but uh, yeah, I like sex. I love sex. and um, for me, something that I would I, I, I always knew about myself was, uh, well, all right, oh God, where'd I even begin? I was in a five-year relationship, and I and we, I waited about a month to have sex in that situation. In a five-year relationship, um, yeah, we waited a month because I think he went out of town. It just happened that way. I just wasn't—I knew he was going to go out of town, and I wasn't ready to have sex with him. And I don't—I just ended up waiting, and that and that ended up being the longest relationship I'd, I've, I've still ever been in. Um, but other times, when I've been in like three-year relationships or a year relationship, I didn't wait as long. And I, found, I feel like there are no real rules. Like, do whatever you want to do. There are no real rules. But I actually did prefer waiting six weeks. Now, let's be honest. It was probably about five and a half weeks, maybe. Um, and uh, the first date, I would say don't tell them about the free native stuff. That's none of their business. The guy's not going to get it. It's all weird to the guys. They just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, don't, you don't have to share, keep everything to yourself. Keep whatever you want to yourself. You don't owe anybody anything to explain your whole life away and what your, you know, what your intentions are and where you're coming from with all your fucking holistic manifestation stuff. Like I'm with you. I get it. I'm all about it. Love all the free native stuff. Um, but yeah, keep it to yourself for now. Um, the first date, I just said to him, oh, I, he was very close to me. Um, I'm talking about my current boyfriend on, at the end of our first date. Well, he suggested a coffee date. And I was so relieved because prior to our date, I had been texting with one of my girlfriends and I said, uh, oh my God, how am I going to wait six weeks to have sex? How do you break it down? And we just had this like fun time kind of like over the phone via text figuring out like, okay, two dates a week um, you know, two for, for three weeks. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. What? Okay. So let's say two dates a week for six weeks. All right. Two, four, six, eight, ten. 10. That's 12 dates. Is this making sense? What can you do for 12 dates? So I was like, coffee date, because we already had that planned. And, and that was his suggestion, a day date. And a long time ago, I would have been like, ugh, the guy suggested a day date? Ugh, he must think I'm ugly. Or he must not be very attracted to me. What's this all about? And now that I'm older and wiser and more experienced, and uh, I realize, like, oh, no, that's in my best interest as well. And that's actually, like, a gentlemanly thing to do. Like, taking it slow is great, actually. What is the rush? You know? And I, what I was going to say was, in the past, even in the past, I knew that, like, if when I when I rushed into sex with someone, I did that because I knew... <sighs> this is actually ridiculous now that I'm saying it out loud I knew I didn't want anything real with them I just wanted sex in the heat of the moment or I wanted a fling or a one night stand or just something casual so I didn't care that I might be shooting myself in the foot uh, for the potential of um, you know a serious relationship so that's another thing guys you should know that too sometimes when a woman has sex with you right away it's because uh, you don't matter to her and you never will and she knows that from the get go Um, but you know, other times it's because, uh, I don't know, they want sex, there are no rules or, uh, or they're people pleasing. I don't know. Anyway, so my friend, girlfriend and I broke it down. We were like museum date, go on a hike, coffee date, dinner date, drinks date. So it was just like, we just came up with all these activities. And at the end of the first date, uh, he, you know, we, We had this beautiful coffee date, went on a walk around the city. We had a glass of rosé and shared french fries. And then he walked me home, uh, which I usually don't recommend that somebody should know where you live because, uh, you know, they could be a murderer. But I trusted him. Uh, He is yet to murder me. And, uh, well, okay. Um, I was going to make a crass joke there, but uh, we're all better than that. So anyway, he walked me to the front of my building. Not up to my door to the front of my building because I wanted to end it there. And uh, he was going to call his lift, but he hadn't done that yet. And we're sitting on my stoop, if you will. And he was getting pretty close to me, sitting very close to me. And I went, I looked down and I was like blushing. And I was like, "Um, I don't know what's happening, but uh, you're very close to me right now. And I just feel like um, I, I want to kiss you, but I just can't kiss you because I need to take it slow. And he was like, oh, oh, no, uh, you know, I, I always take it slow. I, I, I wasn't going to kiss you. I never kiss on the first date. I was going to, you know, unless you really wanted to. Uh, but, you know, I don't, generally don't kiss on the first date because it's so much pressure that you think you're supposed to or whatever. Anyway, so I just said on that first date, I didn't kiss him. And I said I just needed to take it slow. There you go. And then as each date happened, I just didn't have sex with them." And it didn't matter if he could tell I was turned on. And yes, I, you know, I did give him a blowjob. I did let him go down on me. I did those fun things. Uh, we made out. We rolled around naked, but no penetration. penetration. That did not happen until uh, six weeks. Um, and you just have to say, like, I need to take it slow. I need to wait this amount of time. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Like, and if the guy hangs in there and he takes you on a date. we went on so many dates. We went to, like, went out on Easter. We went to LACMA, the LA County Museum of Art. Uh, We walked around Larchmont. We went to the Getty. We went to the Broad. We had dinner. We had a picnic. We just, we did all these things and it's beautiful. And then I started getting off on waiting. I was like, this is incredible. I actually was annoyed and felt sad when we finally had sex. It was great sex. It was fantastic. But I was like, oh my God, I should have waited 10 more weeks. I can't believe that. Because, uh, it's sexy to wait because it's so different. Everybody moves so quickly now. So anyway, I hope any of this makes sense. And and the the reason why it's great is because you get to know the person. Because uh, oh, I've had sex with people very quickly, and then the relationship ends in six weeks. And at the end of the relationship, I'll, I, I would think to myself, God. If only I had waited six weeks to have sex with them, I never would have had sex with them because I fucking can't stand them anymore and they're completely wrong for me and my skin is crawling at the fact that I even ever let them inside of me. So it is a really lovely thing to get to know someone, you know, and just to luxuriate in the time of like, and the tension, oh my God, the tension of like your hand brushing it up against their hand by accident or on purpose, accidentally on purpose while you're walking and, uh, and just talking and looking at each other and just f- feeling their eyes on you and vice versa. It's just so sexy to languish in, in the tension, in the sexual tension and the getting to know someone and just taking your time. It's so rare. It's such a rarity that why not do it? It's so fucking weird to do that. So do something weird for once. You know what I mean? It's a, I thought of it as a social experiment. And I loved it, you know, because you can always move quickly. You already know what it's like to have sex with somebody very quickly or to make out immediately and to have immediate gratification. Why not try something different and show yourself that you can do it? It is hard to do it. Isn't that strange? And Look at that as well. Isn't it a bizarre thing that it's so hard to um, not let someone's dick inside your vagina? Isn't that such a bizarre thing where it's like so scary to be like, "Um, I'm sorry, I know. I know you can tell I'm into kissing you, but like, No, you can't. You you can't put your private in my private because, like, don't be mad at me. But like, I just, you know, I just want to wait. It's such a weird thing because it is scary. It's like to, to tell somebody no, or to have boundaries, or to like take ownership of your body. Sometimes because it is such a murky situation. Sometimes where you're like, oh, we're already naked, and if you're like me, I've been in situations where it's like, you know, this. I was like, do I really want to have sex or am I just too, mm, too much of a little bitch to say no, you know what I mean? And that's on me. I'm getting, I mean, this is very honest right here, but like there are times where I've been like naked with guys rolling around and they've gone down on me and I've gone down on them and we're like making out and it's all hours of the night into the wee hours of the morning. And, uh, You're just like, oh God, they expect this and I'm I've already had sex so many other times. I'm an adult. You know, I don't live with my parents. I don't want the uncomfortable moment of stopping this to happen. So I might as well just go. Isn't that weird that sometimes it can be more uncomfortable to like or we feel it's more uncomfortable as women to be like, no, I don't want to do this anymore, or to like really like own ourselves and shut shut something down then just have sex it's so bizarre even though yeah and it's like Russian roulette as well as uh, when you're a woman like uh, you know I've had plenty of casual sex and a lot of the time it was fine and then you know because we're the we're the people who let someone into our body you know it's so invasive literally invasive that you know, all the, all, many, of you know, majority of the, ca- the times I've, you have casual sex, sex, it can be fine, no emotional ramifications or repercussions, but all it takes is like that one time or where you're just like, oh, God, did I have to do that? And it's, just, it's so depressing. Did I have to let someone who doesn't love me or care about me into my body, let them literally inside of me? I didn't. Why did I do that? <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's why I think, um, not being afraid to say, oh, I'm taking it slow and I'm, i I just really need to get to know someone and feel safe with them, uh, before I'm ready to have sex with them. Because sex is a big deal to me. You can tell, you can say that to them. You have every right. And you know what? People respect that. And if a guy walks away or doesn't, or is annoyed, that tells you a lot about that guy. So in my case my boyfriend just waited and he was so lovely about it and uh that's a testament to his character and how he feels and how he felt about me and uh yeah it's just a lovely way to begin a relationship and uh because also I don't know if you do want something really serious with somebody you want to be able to talk to them see I think I wanted a relationship too I wanted intimacy I wanted to see if I could like put myself first and not give my body away so freely because I was being more protective of myself. And also I wasn't after just sexual gratification anymore. I wanted intimacy. And, uh, and if you want intimacy, you should be able to like, just talk to someone for six weeks and hang out and be friends and go to museums and have lunch and coffee and go on long walks and go to the beach and and see if you really enjoy spending time with them because that's such a big part of a relationship as i am learning because i've been single for so much of my life in relationships and single but i've never been in a relationship like this in the way that i'm in one right now but uh so much of it is like seeing another person like seeing them for who they are and what they're into and respecting them and being kind to another person and and uh it's so much more than sex oh my god who am i when did this happen See, this is what I'm learning from my, my person. I, wanna, I hate saying boyfriend over and over again, but this is what I'm learning from him. It's so interesting. It's like another level of, of love I'm learning about. Um, and it takes a while to see somebody and to accept them and uh, to be loving towards another person. So, you yeah, waiting for sex is an opportunity for, uh, for you to see another person. Even though like you can't really see another person until you get the sex out of the way because there's so much tension and you want to see if the sex is good and if their privates are cool or whatever and you guys fit well and you got to get chemistry and whatever, the kiss should be great. Definitely start kissing on the second or third date, for sure, because that's exciting. If the kiss is bogus, it's over. Anyway, um, I think I've said it all about that. I've rambled on and on, but uh, I'm gonna read this next email. Did I cover every answer for that? I think I did. Okay. Hi, Alexi. I absolutely love your podcast. Well, thank you. Um, So earlier on this year, I had a pretty terrible time and I'd love some advice. I was with a guy that I absolutely loved and then I fell pregnant. He made me believe that everything would be fine and stayed with me and put pressure on me not to have it. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I lost the baby and then shortly after he left me. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. He left me pretty brokenhearted with a double loss situation. I guess I've always struggled with self-worth and love and relationships, as I have a very toxic mother that was never really a mother because of substance abuse, etc. I've been doing uh I've even been doing Lacey Phillips work to try to improve my self worth, but I'm still struggling. Do you have any tips on self worth and bouncing back from a traumatic situation? Thank you for being an amazing podcaster. Oh my goodness well again this is a this is real this email is uh oh my goodness well thank you for sharing that with me and I'm sorry about what you went through and I'm so sorry you lost the baby and you know what let that guy go it's not meant to be and uh I know that doesn't make it any easier because you loved him oh god you absolutely loved him I'm just rereading this um I mean, my God, all I can say is time makes everything better. It really does, or at least it softens the blow. And, you know, in times like these, I feel like, I mean, I'm not religious. I don't want to weird you out. But to believe in something bigger than yourself in moments like this where you just have to just believe and ground yourself in the fact that like i mean god i'm really not religious i'm not christian i'm not catholic i'm half jewish i'm into spiritual stuff but in this moment i i i want to say like this too shall pass you know and that you just have to trust like there's something to be to, to have learned from the situation it makes you stronger you're going to survive this you already have you're a beautiful person and what's meant to be is going to happen and for whatever reason, this wasn't meant to be. And you're still here and you're alive and you're sending emails and you're living your life and you're listening to podcasts and now you're open to something more right. And for whatever reason, it wasn't the time for this baby to come into your life. And that happens a lot. It's a lot more common than you know. Uh, I'm sure you've done a lot of research and talked to a lot of people about it and and are much more you know, well-versed than I am in all of this. But it is very common what you went through. And I'm so sorry that you that you had to lose you know your love as well you know and go through two losses but have hope if you can if you can reframe it think of yourself as a total badass and i for lack of a better word i can't think of a better word than badass even though i'm trying to i feel like the word badass is out nobody likes that word anymore it's not cool anymore i've heard on instagram but whatever i'm using it right now you survived so much shit and you're such a fucking badass And you're so strong and you're learning lots of lessons and it's forcing you to go deeper inside yourself, whether it's get more spiritual or, or know what you want and what you don't want more than you did before. Um, you're getting tougher. You're, I don't know, maybe you're learning how to love yourself and you're going through this pain, but for whatever reason, if any of this makes sense, I know I'm rambling, but I have to tell you guys, I've not read any of these emails before recording as I'm sure you can tell, but I just have to you know I just want to let you know. I'm just reading these uh for the first time with with all of you uh so I don't have anything prepared or planned as far as my answer goes, clearly, but I'm just making sure that's known so pardon me for rambling now and again <clears throat> um, but my point is something better is going to come into your life. And if you can just reframe it and go, for whatever reason, this happened for a reason, I'm learning, I'm going to pick myself up and get excited about what's around the corner. That's the thing about life. That's that's the most scary and exciting thing about life is you never know what's right around the corner, be it great or horrible. and uh, And you survive this. Whether you know it or not, and if you're still sad and you're crying, and f- take your time. Cry. Cry as much as possible. Be with your family. Hang out with your friends. Watch romantic comedies. Watch every single movie. Read books. Listen to self-help books. Listen to Eckhart Tolle. Oh, my God. I mean, God. Uh, listen to Oprah's podcast. Listen to this podcast. You know, make a list of all the things that would be very exciting for you to do you know, if you don't have this baby now and you don't have this relationship right now, there are still so many other things to do. But you take your time, you sleep, you recover, you treat yourself kindly, and uh, just love yourself through all of this as much as you can, as hard as you can. Um, and then when somebody else goes through something similar and you cross paths with them, you can be like a beacon of hope for them. And give them a hug and hold their hand and just say, This is this happened to me and I made it through. And for whatever reason, I learned these things and now I'm so much better off and I survived. And you will too. So it's like it's like a ripple effect. And I can't tell you, I I have so many friends who have lost babies, whether it's I mean, I don't want to share their business, but I've talked about it on my podcast with previous guests, you know, Adam Goldberg and his wife, uh, they had a stillborn baby, you know, and uh I have other friends who have gone through just intense tragedy and then sooner than you would imagine, they're flourishing and they're happy again. It's amazing how resilient human beings can be. Really, truly. So just, if you can, force yourself to smile. I hope you listen to I hope you heard me read your email and any of this landed, any of this made you feel better or at least distracted you and uh, yeah Mm, my goodness that was deep that was a deep email you sent me um i could burst into tears right now at the fact that uh you'd even consider wanting my opinion on since such an intense uh life situation and so i'm honored and i'm honored to like i don't know share any insight on that with you um oh my goodness all right I'm gonna read this next email moving right along okay um hi Lexi happy holidays I love your podcast and you really resonate with me so I have a question for you which Lacey Phillips work did you do prior to calling in your new boyfriend I have been struggling with her work and feel a bit overwhelmed by it so I figured it might inspire me if I find out which workshops, et cetera, you did of hers. I absolutely love her message, but the work can be overwhelming, you know? Anyway, thank you so much for your magical podcast, and congrats on the new boyfriend. You're adorable. Warmly, Hannah. Hannah, um, oh, this is so funny. I actually read this when I got it. I, I don't know where I was. I was on my trip with the boyfriend, uh, and I read that to him, and and uh, that's really sweet because he, he's just like, What? <laughs> It's just so funny that people are like, you're my relationship expander, you know, and using all this Lacey Phillips uh, free and native, or it's actually called, Lacey Phillips company is now called uh, To Be Magnetic. Uh, It changed at the start of the new year. Um, And if you guys out there, anybody out there, if anybody out there listening doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, I'm just using all this jargon that a previous guest named Lacey Phillips, uh, the one I mentioned who is a manifestation advisor, this is all of her terminology that she uses on her website, which is now called to be magnetic and no longer called free and native. Uh, people really love all of uh, the wisdom she has to offer about uh, being the most authentic version of yourself and uh, being magnetic and uh, just having a better life and get, getting over all your past bullshit trauma and working through it and unblocking yourself and, and calling in uh, better things into your life and manifesting, uh, everything you want for yourself. So that's what I'm talking about in case you are confused. I hope that helped. So that's why I get a lot of emails, uh, talking about Lacey Phillips because I had her on the podcast twice. And, uh, and I actually did Hannah to answer your question. I did all of her workshops. I did every single online workshop, uh, that she has to offer. And, um, I did the partnership workshop. That was the easiest one for me. Okay. So if you want to have a boyfriend or call in love or whatever, you know, I did, uh, do the partnership one. That's where you go through. Oh my God. Oh, and I've got to answer this. This is a question I didn't answer for a few emails back. Um, I eventually did tell my current boyfriend about all the Lacey Phillips work that I did. And I showed him like all the, the exercises I did in the partnership workshop. And, and let me, let me, uh, let me tell you what those exercises include. Um you well of course you have to do the uh the cliche list of all the things you want and your perfect partner. But I did it so hardcore. Like when I do my big sister sessions and I have uh, you know, a little sister on the other end of the uh of, of my of of Skype. And and, uh, I'm telling her to make a list because, you know, she'll be asking me about like boyfriend stuff and making, I just always, I've always told people to make lists. I love list making. So one of the exercises in the Lacey Phillips partnership course is, uh, you know, make your list of everything you want in your perfect partner. That's so many self-help books tell you to do that. And I love it. And I was like, uh, great, I'll do it. I'll do it, Lacey. But I did it harder than I've ever done it before. And when I show people the list, it's like, eight pages front and back of a huge, not an eight by 10 unlined journal. It's like just this massive journal. That's like, I don't, I don't know how big it is, but it's bigger than an eight by 10, uh, page front and back in tiny, tiny, uh, as if I was a speed addict, as if I was high on methamphetamines. All right. Uh, that's how intense my list was, front and back side of these huge unlined pieces of paper, uh about eight pages, so that's like sixteen pages, really, and I think it was like, well, you know, I have no filter, so I think it was like and I talk about everything on this podcast, but it was probably about like two months, maybe three months, three and a half months into the relationship where I showed my boyfriend the list I made, uh for the partnership workshop. And he was like, Whoa. And I like read him the stuff and it, he is everything on the list. It's crazy down to really fucked up, intense, specific details. And I read this to him or as many as I could before he fell asleep or got, you know, lost interest. Um, and got weirded out, weirded out, but I, I read it to him and he was like, wow, you are witchy. That is very witchy. Cause I like to use the term witchy for interesting girls with dark hair and dark nails and all my girlfriends are kind of like cool and witchy and mysterious. And I was trying to explain that to my boyfriend and be like, you know, this is what witchy means. It's a cool thing. And he was like, wow, that seems very witchy. And I was like, you're right. It is witchy. Anyway. um, Yeah. So I waited about three and a half months to share that when I share whatever you want to share with the guy, when you feel comfortable, only, you know, and that's to anybody, to the girl who wrote me an email before to the girl who just wrote me an email now. You have to listen to your intuition. Sometimes we overshare because we're trying to sabotage the relationship. I've also done that. I've definitely told a guy or 10 too much because I know what I'm telling him will freak him out and he'll want to break up with me. And that's my subconscious way of like trying to extricate myself from a relationship. So just be conscious of what you're doing and why you're doing it, what you need to share, what you don't, what are you getting out of, you don't you don't you don't you don't have to tell everybody everything I mean, I should take my own advice like you can keep shit to yourself. that's what I learned from people I really respect. They don't feel the need to share every single detail, and so now, believe it or not, I'm actually asking myself that I'm like, well, why would I share this like what is it it, it waste their time waste my time I've already I know this information I don't need to tell like what like just, it's okay to keep some stuff to yourself. You don't need to talk about all the Lacey Phillips stuff. And really, again, guys don't generally, they don't like it. They don't, they're not into it. They just, you know, and I would get so upset. I'd be like, oh, I tell Lacey, I'd be like, he, he's not into the free native work stuff. Like workshop stuff. Is Should I be annoyed? Should I break up with him because he's not into crystals? And she's like, oh my God, relax. Because it's fine. <coughs> oh my God. anyway but back to you Hannah uh so yeah I did the partnership workshop I wrote my lists there's like a visualization and hypnotherapy thing a lot of hypnotherapy where you're visualizing and writing lists of like all your ex-boyfriends all your ex-relationships what they, they all had in common with one another like even though all the boyfriends you used to have may all seem very different look very different what are all the character traits they share um you have to write down like how fast you had sex uh, with all of them and just, uh, I don't know, I can't remember. Do the partnership workshop. But I did the shadow workshop first, which dives deep into like all the worst things you think of yourself and all your, just all the demons haunting you. And it makes you reach out to your friends and family and ask them what they think your worst uh, habits and uh, character traits and behavior is and all the things that they think you do that sabotage yourself. Like, oh my God, it's brutal. The shadow workshop on tobemagnetic.com, formerly Free Native, is so intense. You you like have to meet the ugliest side of yourself in your hypnotherapy. It all sounds ridiculous, I know, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But you do this hypnotherapy online, and I was like, this is going to be bullshit. And then all of a sudden I'm like, my eyes are closed and I'm like 10 feet underground, underwater, walking on a staircase, jumping off a cliff, talking to the six-year-old version of me, weeping in some bog or like cave dungeon, like hugging the ugliest side of myself that's super insecure, whose like face is all picked at and scabby and... And with no self-esteem and I'm hugging her being like, it's okay, you're allowed to exist. I love you. And I'm like weeping and, you know, and I I couldn't believe it. I actually got hypnotized. Lacey actually hypnotized me uh, in this online workshop. Incredible. Anyway, so yeah, I did all of them before I quote unquote called in slash manifested my current boyfriend, my current and final boyfriend, uh, I hope. I know, um, but really, if it's romance you're after, do the partnership workshop. It's exciting and fun, and who doesn't? What I mean, I'll speak for myself, but uh, I think you can relate, especially if you're listening. What girl doesn't want to dive into her past, uh, analyze all of her past relationships, uh, sexual dalliances, and future trip about the potential new love she wants to call into her life. Who doesn't want to dive into that? I know I did. I could do it again. It's my favorite thing to talk about. That's all I want to talk about all the time with all my girlfriends, their love life and all the stuff and all their feelings. So fucking get into the partnership workshop and uh, I think you're going to have a blast. All right. Anyway, thank you, Hannah. (coughs) All right. Next email. Hi, Lexi. I would love it if you could talk about online dating on your next podcast. I am ready to date, but as I just got out of a very long relationship, I am nervous about online dating. I met my ex the old school way, in public. I never had a profile. I I don't have Facebook. I barely have Instagram. Here are my concerns. I am into the old-fashioned romance of spotting someone and having that eye contact exchange and feeling the butterflies and that moment where you're like, OMG. Is he looking at me? Is he walking towards me? Ah! And then, does he like me? Is he going to ask for my number? All of that. With the apps, it feels just so contrived. It seems so to the point. Ugh. Anyway, my second concern is that I'm just going to meet a bunch of fuckboys. I hear horror story after horror story from my girlfriends. I want to know what makes the difference between their dating experience and someone like you, your story is so cool. James is so dreamy. Oh my God. Side note of a side note. The fact that you just emailed me my boyfriend's name makes me feel insane. I am very jealous. So back off everybody. (laughs) Oh God. Actually I'm not allowed to say stuff like that because my boyfriend said, Alexi, don't act jealous and be like that. Because if you're, if you're an expander, this is actually what my boyfriend said. If girls think you're an expander, you have to be an expander. And it's not expansive to be jealous and territorial or, or you know, filled with fear uh, because he's a good guy and he's not going to do anything bad. So I don't have to be fearful, but uh, and that's a good point. But at the same time, it is odd for strangers to email me and use his name. Anyway, James is so dreamy. You guys are so cute. What do you what do you think you did differently? What can I do to ensure a positive experience or at least try to minimize the shitty depressing nature of swiping? Okay, two more specific things uh, I would love your specific answers on. One, how do I make sure uh, I only go out with guys that are tall? Does Tinder list their height? My girlfriends keep being lied to by guys. One guy said 5'10", and he was 5 fucking 5. He was 5 fucking 5 feet. Oh my God. All right, no, he was 5'5" foot two. Oh, Jesus. Um, I don't know. Jesus. And and she says, uh, I'm not good with witty intros. All of that profile intro stuff seems so cheesy to me. Can I just keep it to a minimum? Anyways, you're the best. So happy that you were happy. Yay. Oh my God. Christy, you're a sweetheart. Thank you so much for this really super fun email. Um, okay. (sighs) Where do I begin? Here's the deal. Um, I get what you're saying. I love meeting people in public. I had I had been on Raya, the really douchey um, ex, uh, dating app that's like exclusive or whatever. Um, I'd been on that. I dated guys from that uh, only because I got a free membership to it because I talk about sex and dating and love and I ri- I write about love and sex and dating and all that stuff. So the people who created the app emailed me when it was in beta form years ago and they were like, hey be on the app check it out and I was like okay so that's why I was on that for free um because I would never pay for it and then I just felt like ooh. after I did all, all the Lacey Phillips workshops at the end of it and I've written this about all of this in, in my Ravishly articles there's a website for women uh and just people you know called Ravishly ravishly.com if you look up my name you'll see all these articles I wrote, wrote all about online dating self-help work, all the Lacey Phillips work, everything we're talking about today, I've written intense articles for Ravishly uh, about all of this. But um, happy to to keep talking about it. Um, happy to repeat myself. Uh, I really am, actually. But um, so I dated people on Raya, but I was like, oh, that's kind of douchey. And it's so like, I don't know. I just didn't trust the guy. It's such a small community and I didn't, trust the guys on there. And I know so many of them are in relationships, but they're like in open relationships and, or they're just on the, or they're cheaters. I didn't know what was going on anyway. So I took a break from that. I was like, no, thanks. I did all these online workshops and hypnotherapy and read all these books about dating. And, you know, I had Whitney Cummings on the podcast and she gave me all these wonderful book recommendations. Like, you know, and I'd read codependent no more and getting to, I do, which is actually about, um, not about getting married it's about being in a healthy relationship and learning to ask for what you want and not being afraid to ask for what you need and want in a relationship and holding out and making sure you get it so it's actually a very empowering book then there's another book called um leaving the enchanted forest just lots of books okay listening to again a lot of oprah podcasts um <laughs> I'm not kidding but uh so I did all these workshops and at the end of the partnership workshop, it was like throw yourself out into the world. Like text your friends and ask your really wonderful f- friends who are in healthy, fantastic relationships that you aspire to be in. Tell them that you're single and that you want them you want them to keep you in mind if they run across anybody who is lovely that they think you would be good for you. So I actually did. I texted like I texted two of my friends that I really respect who are in beautiful, healthy relationships that I just thought, wow, this is the ideal. Just good people, like nothing sinister about the relationship. Like there are two people who like were happy, thriving, cozy, not comfortable in a bad way, but comfortable and like just in love and like uh, good partners, um, with lots of trust and kindness and whatever. So I put that out there to them. I, I texted them and I'm like, Hey, it's me. It's Lexi, just uh, just send it to us out there, anyway. And then the workshop was like, "Hey, get on a dating website or get on an app. Throw yourself out in the world. Get on an app." So I was like, "Oh my god! Well, it's not going to be Raya. Fuck it. Am I? Should I just get on fucking Tinder?" And it was around December of last year. Oh my god! It was. It was December of last year. No, yeah, like twenty end of, end of twenty seventeen. And I got on Tinder and I kind of fooled around with Tinder. I was looking at people and kind of messaging with people, but I was like, oh, I'm never going to meet with any of these people. And then I got off of it. And then, in, and yeah, no, I think, you know, this is Lacey came on the show in January of 2018. So then at the end of January and in February, I, I got onto Tinder in a real way because of the workshops. And I said to myself, I made a promise. I was like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to swipe right on any guy that I am not excited about meeting in person. And I'm not going to m- make a plan to meet with anybody unless I really am excited about it. Like I don't want to do like a numbers game thing where my ego is being fed by, you know, matching with people because I just I didn't want that. I wanted to be I was very discerning. And I and I matched with like you know, I matched with a handful of guys. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really feeling it during, in the conversation. And with the, with my boyfriend now, with James, it was just felt lovely and highbrow and, uh, felt like a fit. And it just felt like same mind banter. I can't explain it. It just felt right. And, you know, it's like, you know, it just each step took you to the next step. So, You know, Um, and I have to say that don't be afraid of apps. But getting back to your email, the reason why you don't have to be afraid of apps is because you'll go through, and that's why you should slow down and not have sex right away because then you can have all of the you, You can meet someone on an app. It's just a platform to meet a person, newsflash. And then when you meet them on your coffee date, on your cliche In public coffee date, you can, you can eye fuck or see what, what the eye contact is like when you walk into the room and he's already seated and he looks up at you and you look at him. Is there a connection then? Like that's when all the human in real life activity begins and all the stuff you want just because you don't meet for the first time in real life, you will meet a first time in real life and then you see how you feel then and you know like and then take it slow and get to know the person and it's almost better because you'll know a little bit more about them maybe you can I don't know you can google stalk them a bit I did that I wanted to make sure he had a nice voice so I uh, looked him up online but anyway and if you're tall and you want a tall person, it is kind of a dickish thing to say, like, I only want to date tall people. But I'm 5'11", so here's what I did. I don't know if you're tall. But I, actually, I didn't even have the opportunity. I didn't even write a bio. I only had one photo up and a no bio written yet because I had just gotten back onto Tinder in a real way and we matched and we got off the app and then it was kind of over. It was just, like, on. It was just on. He was my first... Tinder date ever and then he on our th- before our third date, he already deleted his profile, which I didn't understand. I was like, Where where'd he go? He disappeared, but it's because he deleted his profile, which is lovely. Um so yeah, you I used to say on my Raya profile, I would say, I'm five eleven, you know, uh, and I get so, and I think I would just say I was five eleven. And then you can always just ask the person in a charming way when you're having your your banter. You can go, hey, this might sound totally horrible, but I'm this tall and I get self-conscious if somebody's shorter than me or whatever, because you know, and just try to be sweet about it. And uh yeah. And you don't have to meet a bunch of fuckboys. That's why you have to be really discerning. If you don't want to meet a bunch of fuckboys, they don't then don't make them fuck boys to you. Don't fuck these boys. And uh and pay attention to who you're talking to. Pay attention to the things that they're saying. Oh God, have you seen the show Dirty John? Oh my God, I love it. At first I didn't like it. Now I love it. It's on Bravo, starring Eric Bana, and uh, I can't remember the woman's name. God damn it! But it's about this woman who meets this guy on Tinder, and the oh the nightmare she goes through in this whirlwind six week romance. She's like married, just whatever. I'm not going to ruin the whole thing for you, but like, listen, take it slow. Don't judge an app so intensely. So many people I know are getting married having met on an app. It's just an opportunity to see a cute person and then take it offline and get into the real life. You know what I mean? Try to get off the app as quickly as possible, you know, and then meet them in a public place for coffee and then go from there and listen to what they say, pay attention to the sound of their voice, how they treat you, how they treat the waiter, uh know what you want. If you know what you want in a boyfriend or in a partner or whatever, and they are not meeting that, it doesn't mean they're a horrible person, but it means they're not for you. But the thing is, if you keep hanging out with them and you're disenchanted and you don't like how they are and they're not meeting the criteria of your wants and uh, your desires, it's on you to walk away. All right? All right. So, and as for the witty thing, just be yourself, as lame as that sounds, like, I don't know, but try to be, I don't know, just try to not misspell anything. Don't write anything where you're like, oh my God, my friends would get it, but a new person might judge me on this because, you know, and think, think about it. If you were reading your profile, uh, you know, if it was, imagine what you write for your profile, isn't you writing it and that you're just reading someone else's doesn't make sense. Just try to see it with fresh eyes um, and get in the shoes and space of someone else who might be reading it, and, uh, maybe that'll give you some good perspective, but otherwise, just fucking relax, and, uh, I hope that answers your question, let me see, okay, um, horror stories from girlfriends, blah, 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 Acty shmackety um, Do doo do. ooh, you said your girlfriends keep being lied to by guys, oh, about the height stuff, yeah, um, yeah, just keep it all to a minimum, your intros and your, and also I let the guy write to me first because that's, I know myself enough to know that I want to be wooed and pursued and actually took me a long time to finally get comfortable enough in my relationship to like stop playing that game. It took me a while. It's kind of lame, but I was like, I would never initiate a text. And that went on for a long time, which is kind of ridiculous. But I was just like, if he doesn't initiate, it means he doesn't like me. Um, But at the beginning, I think it's important. If you are, and and you have only you know what your deal is. All right. If you like to be the pursuer and you're, that's what you want and you want to take control, awesome. Great. But just know you're going to get a certain kind of, guy. And that's fine. But I have all these girlfriends who have this problem. They pursue a guy and then they get mad at him for, they get mad at the guy for not uh, pursuing them. Do you know what I mean? It's, they're, they're contradicting themselves. And I read this book, it's called Getting to I Do, and it's all about the energy within a relationship and somebody, and you know, fucking get irritated at this if you want. I'm sure it does not sound politically correct. But There's only room for one, I mean, energy can shift within a relationship, but every man and every woman, we both, men and women contain both masculine and feminine energy. But when you're in a relationship with another person, only one person can be the masculine energy and one person can be the feminine energy. So right now I'm doing my podcast. Uh, This is my career. I'm leading with masculine energy, this is masculine energy. But in my relationship, in my romantic relationship, I know because I know myself and I know what works for me and I know what turns me on and I know what I feel find sexy. I am. I prefer being the feminine energy in a relationship, and what that means is I don't want to message a guy first. If we're if we're talking about dating apps or we're talking about being in a bar or whatever. I want the guy to talk to me first in real life. And I want the guy to message me first on the app. All right. Because that's him exerting his masculine energy, pursuing me, you know, that's what I want. So if that, it, because I want him to take me on our first date or, you know, to take me at the dinner, I want him to pay for dinner. Yeah, I said it. I want him to pay for dinner. I want him to woo me. I want to feel in my feminine energy. I want to feel safe and protected and I want him to be masculine in an energy sense. I just feel like I'm just saying so many fucked up things. But I've said it before and I don't care. You can't be politically correct all the time and what I'm saying is not wrong. Uh, Because I have plenty of friends, I have female friends who are the masculine energy in their relationship and then the guy is the feminine energy. And it works because it's balanced. And when you run into problems is when you want to be the feminine energy but you're acting with masculine energy and then you get all confused and you're like hey why isn't this happening blah blah I'm so confused I don't know what's going on I'm not gonna but it's like what it's all a contra. anyway whatever so if you know what you want and you want him to pursue you which is what I like at the beginning of a relationship you know i'm i'm like nearly a year in and at some point like <sighs> things things even out i mean you hope we're like you know you call the person they call you it's like you're both you're in the thing it's like no longer like <clears throat> anyway um but yeah let the guy write to you first and pay attention to what he writes you and if is he aggressive is he rude? Is he making snide sarcastic comments? I don't like sarcasm. I think it's unresolved rage. That's what my therapist says. I don't like it. And uh, I like somebody to be gentle and kind and uh, gentlemanly uh, and polite but witty and sexy. But that's a nice balance. So, you know, so just pay attention because you get all these clues before you actually meet in person. So, yes. That's what I would say. For me, I would say let them write first. Anyway, and that is that. And if they get really hostile about the height thing and they're all pissed off and they're like, oh, you want to know how tall I am? Well, oh, that's like me asking you, like, how big is your, how how big is your, how big are your tits? How big is your vagina? It's like, what? Fuck you, dude. No, I'm just self-conscious and I want to know if I should wear heels or not. We're allowed to ask that. And also, again, this makes my guy friends really angry, but it's not the same, uh, to ask what our boob size is, uh, wh- wh- how big our boobs are, if if a woman is asking you how tall you are, you know why? Because, I mean, maybe it is the same. I don't know anymore. I don't fucking know. But if you're meeting in real life, if you're at a bar or at the supermarket and you're meeting in real life uh, and there's a huge discrepancy in height, that would factor into the flirtation, I'm sure. If a woman is like six feet tall and you're like five two, and you meet in real life, you're probably... You're going to be paying attention to that, all right? So it's not a crime for her to ask because maybe she's feeling, going to feel self-conscious. Maybe the guy would feel self-conscious. Men have been known to feel self-conscious about being shorter than a woman. Maybe the woman should, you know, she, is she going to wear flats or she going to wear heels? I don't know. Everybody just fucking relax. I can't live like this. Anyway, I'm reading another email and then I think I've got to wrap this show up because or else it's going to go on for an eon, but I've got so many more emails to read. All right. This one says, Dear Love, Alexi, in my last email to you, I described some experiences off the top of my head that I had with my mother. I also expressed my plans to move to California and the guilt I felt about leaving my other siblings behind with my abusive mother. Since then, my mother, oh my God, since then, my mother has unexpectedly died. On October 12th, 2018, she died from a blood clot in her lungs and heart. Oh God damn it. I'm so Sorry um all right back to the letter it feels as if it just happened at night I have nightmares that my mother came back to life to control my siblings father and I again to answer some of your questions from your podcast response to my last email which I which I was tremendously grateful for uh at a young age I grew a passion to be a hairstylist the setting of the salon, the art of it all, and the idea that I could be the one to help make people feel beautiful. So I worked hard in school so that my last year of high school, I could attend cosmetology school. I graduated high school with not only an advanced regents degree, but my cosmetology license. I then got a job as a personal assistant to the first woman to be named North American Hairstylist of the Year at the prestigious NAHA Awards. For two years, not only did I assist but trained with her and other high-end New York City stylists. I was promised a spot on the floor of her salon for the springtime. I would be honored, but I feel I am being led to continue my art as a hairstylist uh, in California. As for my siblings, oh my goodness, uh, okay, as for my siblings, I helped my suicidal sister get a car and a place of her own as well as find the two jobs she is currently working at. Without my mom, my siblings, father, and I now have the opportunity to live the life we choose to have for ourselves. I currently am reading Codependent No More and plan to read other self-help books for the behaviors I picked up from my mother, as well as to cope with the experiences I had growing up. I also practice Lacey Phillips workshops and, most importantly, listen to your always inspiring podcast. As for my past, I am slowly writing down what it was like growing up and living under the influence of a controlling, abusive mother. I hope to turn these experiences into a book that could one day help others who could relate to my childhood. You never know what you're really going through and you can never understand how bad the abuse is until you are not living it anymore, especially if that is all you ever knew. Thank you for always being true and vulnerable. Your podcast has helped me get out of some of my deepest, darkest depressions and has inspired me to always be true to myself. And you have unknowingly helped me to a journey of self-love and self-help Thank you for listening, Angela. Oh my god. Angela. Um Oh my god. Well, thank you for your beautiful letter. I'm so sorry about your mom, and but I'm so happy you feel a freedom that you haven't experienced. I'm so happy that this can be the beginning of a of the next chapter of your life and your siblings life and your father's life and and that you're following your passion and that you might be moving to california to follow that passion as a hairstylist i just i'm I'm just proud of you and i'm i don't know i'm just really flattered thank you for your kind words and and for sharing such a personal story with me and uh I do remember your letter from the last episode where I read everybody's emails. And sorry if you're listening to this episode and you don't know what she's talking about or what I'm talking about, but uh, she, uh, Angela had written me a, a letter telling me about her situation. This was probably, I guess, October, September. I don't know when that episode was, but it was a few months back And another Alexi Reads All Your Emails episode. Um, well, isn't that interesting how life just keeps keeps going and you never know what's right around the corner and how it's going to affect you. It's just, yeah. The only thing you can count on is things changing. Aye, aye, aye. I don't even really know what to say. I honestly don't know what to say to your, let your letter. I don't want to be like, amazing. Your mom died. Like, I don't want to say that, but uh, in a weird way, it's like, it just sounds, uh, it sounds like things are getting lighter and easier and you've got cathartic stuff to, uh, you've got intense stuff to process and you're going through a catharsis, but it's all for the greater good, and uh, and I hope your mom didn't suffer, and that she's happy where she is now. Maybe she's a bit calmer uh, and not being so irritating uh, like she was in the living. No, I'm sorry, that was horrible. Um, but yeah. I think you're gonna be you're gonna be great. You're living your dream. You're following your gut, your intuition, and everybody around you seems like they're they're doing better. And you're a wonderful sister, you're a wonderful sibling, you're helping your family. Um, and I hope they're all happy and they're okay. And I'm sorry about oh my God. I don't I don't listen, this is me being a, a big sister. I'm clearly not a licensed therapist. Uh I'm you know Clearly. But uh Thank you for sharing your story with me. Oh God, will you please check in with me again and let me know what's going on with you and where you decide to uh to end up working and where you're gonna be doing hair? Maybe you can trim my bangs one time and I can I can tip like a Rockefeller. I'll I'll give you a huge tip and uh we can have a girly gossip over tea or hot chocolate while we uh I don't know, and I can give you a hug in person. But uh until then, if even if that day never comes, I'm hugging you over, uh, you know, over the internet or your podcast app or, uh, however you're listening to this episode, my goodness. Um, listen, I think I'm only going to read one more email because I have too many and I don't want this to be a four hour podcast. So, um, I'm going to wrap it up with this. Um, oh my God. And afterwards, I'm gonna get all. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna lighten. I'm gonna lighten up. And I'm gonna try to get over this cold once and for all. I'm gonna have some tea. And I'm gonna watch some really shitty Bravo television because I had missed it so much. Their uh, British television is. Uh, it's true. I'm going to believe my boyfriend. And I'm surrendering to what he t- he told me. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to just. You know shit on America, but I mean why not actually? Uh by the way, I was made fun of for being American uh when I was going from Paris to back to London and they were like, Where are you from? And I was like, America. And they were like, well, you can't win them all. Or what what did they say, Oh, well, you know, uh I don't know, it's just something something horrible about Americans. And uh I was like, Yep, I get it. I didn't vote for I did not vote for Trump, but I understand. I will take it. I will take the insult. I'm American. I'm sorry. Um, But anyway, so my boyfriend was like, television and British TV is cozy. Because he knows I love the word cozy. He's like, it's cozier. It's better. For whatever reason, the the shows are just better. Everything's better. And I was like, okay. And then I watched it. And he was right. Uh, The commercials, the length of the commercials, uh, the duration. It was the way everything's just organized and the, the TV shows, they're just, it's just, it was all very cozy. And I, I, I already got addicted to some of their shows. I had mentioned it before in a previous episode, in last week's episode. Uh, they have a show called Naked Attraction, which is kind of weird. And, and it's a funny game show about, you know, a dating show where people are naked. But that's not the one I was truly in love with. But there's this other show called First Dates. Oh my God. It's just so good. And there's also this bake-off show with like, they have really cool hosts. Everybody's like looks cool and rock and roll and people are baking or eating or on a date or it's a reality thing, but people are just like the joke. It just was great. Anyway, and the show First Dates is fantastic, but I can't lie. I missed my Bravo shows and I'm talking Vanderpump Rules, Watch What Happens Live with uh, Andy Cohen in the Bravo Clubhouse, Real Housewives of... You know, well, let's face it, Beverly Hills, Dallas, New Jersey, Atlanta, uh, you know, all all the Real Housewives I love. But right now, I you know, I, uh, Atlanta is the one on television. Um, million Dollar Listing is about to start up. But really, I missed Vanderpump Rules. And now I am back in Los Angeles and I can watch all the garbage TV. And uh, so that's what I'll be doing after this podcast um also i have to say i think i want to go back to london uh and just to europe in general next christmas because i really feel like they make christmas the way it's supposed to be the holidays are so cozy i can't, i can't believe it it's like there are all these traditions that nobody pays attention to here in america at least not los angeles like uh if you go to uh if you go to london i don't i want to go if you go to england I mean, I don't want to give, give away too much of the inside scoop, but uh, those people are pretty into mince pies. I had no idea what I was walking into. This is what I found out about Christmas in the UK. Mince pies are these tiny little pies that are sugary and little and very sweet that everybody goes mental for. They're everywhere. They're all over your TV. There are ads for them. There are photos of them all over the the the, uh, the, the subway, the tube as they call it. Uh, they're you know at, at uh, you know have the liquor store, the the gas station. Your your you know your neighbor's house. Everywhere, they're just they're at every function. Mince pie, mince pie, mince pies. It's all people are talking about. They're everywhere. Also, people wear paper crowns. Apparently, that's a big thing. You go over to your friend's house. You go to a restaurant around Christmas time. They've got this thing called a cracker laid out, like a, and you pull it. One person takes one end. Another person takes another. It, like it kind of looks like a cough drop, but it's bigger than a cough drop, and it's made of cardboard or something or what have you and wrapped up like a thing. It's called a Christmas cracker. You pull it. It makes the sound of a crack. It's like a, oh, my God, I mean, where am I going with this? Anyway, makes the sound pops whoever gets the bigger piece of the cracker wins and then inside is a present and a, cr- a christmas crown a paper crown and everybody puts on their paper crown and they're eating their mince pies and they're eating their roasts and uh it's, there's just so many traditions some so many co- there's this thing of the calendar the advent calendar that, that people do uh, where you know every day You open up every day for Christmas There's like a little chocolate inside Just all these old timey cozy Beautiful traditions That people take seem to take so seriously And it's widespread It's like you know I'm, I'm watching some game show With a bunch of comedians talking And they're referring to mince pies Paper crowns and advent calendars And I'm like oh my god Like it's everywhere you go Christmas And traditions And you know what That's beautiful Um. Anyway so that's the inside scoop on uh, the UK Christmas scene. Just wanted to get that out there before I forget. Um, but it was very magical, and it made me just go, "Fuck, I want to go back." Ooh, and I don't want to brag. Uh, and this really shouldn't be considered bragging because uh, my French is horrible. Uh, ma, wait, oh god, I've already forgotten how to say. Uh, I've already forgotten how to say things. But I really made an effort to try to speak French. It was. Uh, it was hilarious. On the trip. Mon français est très mauvais. Je m'appelle Alexi. Mon français est très mauvais. Parlez-vous anglais? Ah, great. Anyway, that was me, uh, you know, in every situation. Oh, here's how you say uh, the check, please, you know, when you want the bill at the end of a meal or wherever you are. Uh, L'édition, s'il vous plaît. That was me trying to speak French. And uh, my boyfriend refused to speak French. He stuck to English. That was it. I would try, and then he would just say something in English. And you know what? Fine. That's great. But he understood French, and uh, we, we, we both had our separate ways of uh, interacting in, in Paris. And that was fine. It was fun. It was funny. Anyway, I'm going to read this last email before I go jump off a cliff. Um, I always think it's going to be so easy to do a, a, an episode where I only read emails. I'm like, oh, it'll be way easier. I can just kick back, be in the studio. Living my life, just reading emails. Actually, it's way more exhausting than having an interview and just doing an intro for the show because the entire thing is me talking the entire time. It's just basically just one long improvised rant for about two hours. I mean, what was I thinking? What a way to kick off the first episode of uh, the Love Alexi podcast. And by the way, if you're still listening to this episode, email me, let me know you made it all the way through, or at least DM me on Instagram at Alexi Wasser. Let me know you stuck through. Let me know if I should ever do one of these episodes again. Is this the worst thing in the world? Just me ranting? Hey, don't answer that. If you're going to be mean. I can't, I can't, I'll crumble. I can't take it anymore. Um, but honestly, let me know if I should ever do one of these again, because I'll get emails saying you want me to, and I get the emails that you want me to read. And I'm like, great, we're all on board for this. And then afterwards I'm like, what have I done? Oh my God, it wasn't perfect. I was all over the place. Is this okay? Ah! Um. So please let me know if you want me to continue doing these and, uh, and I will or I won't. All right, last email. Alexi, you lifesaver, you big sister and spiritual guide. I seriously have no idea what I I'd do without your podcast. It's the most cozy, refreshing and empowering experience. I'm a huge fan and each time I see that the new episode update... I feel instantly excited, intrigued, and relieved no matter what my day looks like. You're such a great host. You put your guests at ease, and they end up sharing so incredibly deeply, so insightfully. I was listening on the plane on my way down to LA a couple weeks ago, and I found myself weeping uncontrollably during the conversation with Augie. Not sure if it was his story, outlook on life, or his delivery, but it really moved me. You've introduced me to things like free and native. Wow, just wow. Better, more effective meditation, Palm Springs, I'm a Midwesterner, East Coaster by origin, and didn't even know it existed, The Artist's Way, hello, morning pages, and I just came back from my first trip to Hollywood. The Grove, I saw a star is born and wept like a baby, had to collect myself before leaving the theater. Griffith Park, Venice, and Burbank, I needed a pilgrimage to a place many of us only dream of as children. Uh, I can honestly say there is something quite magical about your town. My background. I'm a 35-year-old Portland, Oregon-dwelling musician, a filmmaker and musical theater teacher. I'm in an 8-year relationship with my guitarist bandmate, who I love, adore and also uh emotionally latched onto. I'm a divorcée, a preacher's kid and sister of a brother with down syndrome. My life has had a ton of twists and turns, but I try to have no regrets. I have a pretty positive take on life most days. I'm high energy, but with plenty of emotionally low swings. You make me feel so much less alone in my dealings, especially the deep, dark trauma and pain from my childhood. Don't get me wrong. My folks are great now, but they were very different people behind closed doors from the bright and shiny pastures family front. Nowadays, I cobble together my goofy day jobs so I can have a little creative freedom and less commitment to just one avenue for work. I have a very hard time with commitment when it comes to things that aren't music or art just for me and on my terms. I do some healthcare recruiting, staffing during the day from home, then I run down the street to teach voice lessons in musical theater to local aspiring rock stars. Both great jobs with great people. I'm currently trying to hone my filmmaking skills whilst continuing to write music, perform, dream up a new direction for myself as an artist, oh, and save up for a sweet camera lens always looking for local acting projects, films where I can volunteer time and ways to connect with other ambitious ladies of the creative world here in Portland. Please, oh please come visit and let me take you out for food, coffee, drinks, hikes. It's bliss here, a cozy, rainy, introspective kind of bliss. I have two very furry animals who also listen to your podcast with great intent, including my main coon cat. She loves your voice. She just loves your voice. No idea why it's taken me this long to email you this encouragement and praise. One of these days, I'll sign up for a big sister session and tap your advice for some specific creative ideas I have. You have such great perspective and you're an amazing listener. I'm trying to grasp some of my social behavioral sk- uh, issues. Ever since I started working from home, I've become weird. I overthink nearly every social interaction and replay conversations in my head. Why? Why? I, too, see a therapist pretty regularly, and I have taken antidepressants in the past, so many of the struggles you face with dark thoughts and anxiety resonate with me. Changes in my psyche due to domestic partnership, relationships, dealing with family drama and the like. It's so true that being in a relationship makes you face down your own shit way more than if you were just living alone. Accountable to none. I'm too better off uh, in a partnership, a romance. Anyway, thank you so, so, so much for putting yourself out there, opening up your life to the likes of us, everyday strangers, trying to hammer out a way for ourselves and release all the judgment we bombard ourselves with daily. I'm impressed with you. Hopefully you have close people in your life surrounding you with love, encouraging you, helping you to continue sharing and staying in the course toward happy and genuine and all of the things that make you such a bright light in this insanely chaotic time. You're doing an amazing job even when you're simply resting and taking a bite out of the goodness that is this precious life. Sincerely, Fan, and likely my sister in a past life, M. Oh my God. What a beautiful email. M. Em, thank you so much. And I love Portland. I've, I've been there many times. It is so cozy up there. I love the supermarkets. Um, I can't remember the one that I really, really loved. But I just felt like I, I I really, I even said this when I went there. I was like, wow, this, this is the coziest supermarket I've ever been in. Uh, where everything the food is so great the ice cream just everything's like so green and I like the buildings and just the vibe anyway so you live in a lovely place and uh, if I'm ever up there I will email you actually I don't, I don't have any plans to be up there but thank you for your kind words and uh, yeah that means a lot to me because I can be the meanest I, I, I let me just tell you everybody listening uh, if you've made it all the way through this far into the podcast, I will tell you there is no one meaner to me than I can be to myself. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure people listening can relate to that. Uh, so when you say nice things, I appreciate it. Uh, I do put myself out there. And the fact that any is, anybody's listening or caring or entertained by things I'm saying or distracted or interested whatever the fact that you're listening makes me very happy and uh my whole plan for 2019 with this podcast is to not only be more um you know diligent with it I'm going to make sure I don't skip a week getting back on track now that I'm less moody because I was very moody last year there were a lot of things that made me that just like shook me in 2018, you know, uh, aside from just falling in love, um, and being filled with fear that it would go away or that it was too good to be true. Uh, or just, I don't know what I went through in 2018. Just, uh, I I became overwhelmed. I think I read too many self-help books. Can I say that? Yeah, I can. (laughs) I read, I think I went overboard with I may have gone overboard with the Lacey Phillips work. I mean, I don't think I did, but I did so much self-help work because I had hit like such a rock bottom at the end of 2017 with dating. And yeah, something happened with me. And I just went like full throttle into like hypnotherapy, Reiki, Lacey Phillips workshops, Codependent No More, all these books, 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 books. I went to Al-Anon meetings. I... So, you know, I just, I got so into the self-help stuff. I think I just, you know, freaked myself out. And I was just like, shook myself up. And uh, and then it was just all too overwhelming. I was thinking about everything just way too much and anxiety ridden and all this stuff. But also the Anthony Bourdain whether it was a suicide or an overdose on pills, I don't know. I've heard all these stories. I don't know what really happened. If he, Who knows? I'll never know. Only he knows. But uh, when Kate Spade killed herself and then Anthony Bourdain died, uh, that rattled me and made me so sad. And uh, there were just so many changes. And uh, and it derailed me from, uh, I think I got very moody and anxiety-ridden. Uh and I wasn't as focused on this podcast. You know, I, I'm always busy. I'm always doing things and I'm always generating stuff. I, I try to, but I know I could do a lot more and I have a lot more in, in me that I want to give. And, uh, and I don't like letting myself down. I don't like not putting out a podcast every week. This matters to me. I love talking to new people and I love uh, having intimate conversations with my guests and uh, to entertain you people with or to help you feel less alone. Um, and then I learned about myself when I, when I talk to my guests in a really real, vulnerable, raw kind of way. And it's like this kind of beautiful art form, the art of conversation. And it's my favorite thing. So uh, I'll tell you, I've booked so many guests already for each and every week of 2019. So many guests. I am not, I mean, now I've just jinxed myself. I've actually just jinxed the show. But uh, uh, I may or may may not be getting onto a network soon. The Happy Surprises are around the bend. So uh, if you want to advertise on the show now while you can before I'm on a network uh, and they're in charge of all that, definitely email me at dearlovealexi at gmail.com. Get excited for all the different types of guests I'm going to have on. Uh, Artists, writers, comedians, uh, holistic professionals, plastic surgeons, dermatologists, hairstylists, makeup artists, uh, directors, musicians, uh, did I already say that? Comedians, uh, financial coaches, actresses, actors, just so many animators, just so many different, uh, types of people, uh, all creative, all fascinating, all inspiring. Um, so I'm excited about that, but, uh, yeah. But what needs to change in the new year? Because a lot of the things, uh, I don't even want to change that much. I don't want to make a big deal out of New Year's resolutions. I don't want to freak myself out and put all this pressure on myself. Uh, Yeah, I think I just want to be happier. I want to be kinder to myself. I want to be less anxious. I want to let things be good. I want to be better with my time management. And I want to not be so precious with things where I freak out to the point of not getting anything done. Uh, I want to give myself permission to do things and not think I need permission from other people or from some weird power that, the uh, power that be that doesn't really exist. Some weird thing in the back of my mind that isn't real, but haunts me and freaks me out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, if you don't, neither do I. It's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, and I want to get back to myself. So I don't know if this resonates with you, but for any of you out there who lost yourself along the way in 2018 or uh, your path diverted in a way where you felt like a little unsettled, a little rattled, maybe you, you wobbled a bit, I can tell you, I too wobbled. I learned stuff. I had to face heavy stuff about myself, look at myself in the mirror, uh, metaphorically and literally, uh yeah and then the hope is just to evolve learn be kinder uh yeah and grow and expand and maybe i can take all the self-help stuff that i purged that i binged on not purged that i binged on in 2018 and then i can just fucking it's all it's all inside me now i get it all it's there And now I can start living it and not being so fucking stressed out about, I would get stressed out about self-help stuff. I would be like, oh my God, I didn't meditate. I'm, I'm the worst. My life is ruined. Oh my God. Abraham Hicks meditation. Uh, what other stuff? Oh, Buddhist chanting. Jesus Christ. I went on Zoloft, 25 milligrams of Zoloft once a day, which I'm still on by the way. Uh, and it really is nicer when I'm not drinking on it, but I had a great time in, uh, in Europe and I was fully drinking then. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, I tried everything, which, again, speaks to big sister sessions. So when you come to me and you're talking about uh, depression, suicidal tendencies, heartbreak, relationships, friendship breakups, um, just insecurities, wobbling, all this stuff, man, I'm telling you, I truly have read every book, continue to read more books, I'm constantly in a state of learning and trying to grow, but I've made so many mistakes that I'm so happy to be the butt of the joke and to share with you all the mistakes I made. So uh, you can learn via me and, uh, and we can laugh and talk about stuff and you can just feel less alone and uh, whether you make the mistake or not or you've already made it, know that it's all fine. Anyway, I think I'm done rambling and I want to tell you next week uh, I have an incredible guest um, she's an actress, you know her from Strangers with Candy, um, Strangers with the Candy, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Those Who Can't, she's been on Will and Grace, uh, the Mindy Project. Anyway, Maria Thayer is my guest, actress Maria Thayer. She is a badass and it's a great interview. And, uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to having a wonderful 2019 and, uh, I hope you all join me